Blog Talk Radio.
something that Chris, the gentleman that does the little intro for us, talked about challenging ourselves to work a daily spiritual program and how to practice that in our daily lives. And I think many times anger is one of those things that as I'm practicing my spiritual program, uh, it becomes more and more apparent to me that my anger or my irritation has something to do with me and not so much the situation or not so much the thing or the person that I'm angry at. So um, we'll take a little break and think about that, about the idea of when I'm angry at something or uh, at someone, is there something else going on with inside of me that may be kind of the genesis of my anger? So we'll take a little break. I'll see if I can find the topic from last week, and uh, we'll go from there. Again, the call-in number is Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. I found a meditate uh, devotion that talks about what's going on inside of me. And I do think when I'm working my spiritual program, that is one of the things that I'm very aware of, is that my anger has something to do with what's going on inside of me versus what I'm lashing out or being angry at. This devotion I wrote a long, long time ago, so let's read through it and see what it says. The small pug dog stood in the middle of the yard barking and barking and barking. My neighbor's old dog is blind and deaf. It was nothing that he could have seen or heard to make him bark. The cause of his barking had to be something within. I realized whatever I bark at has everything to do with what is inside of me, and very little to do with the external stimulus. I know people can respond to the exact same external circumstance very differently. This must be because our reaction has to do more with what is going on inside rather than outside. I have a hunch God desires me to live my life from the inside out, to have my inner state of peace be the thing that guides my responses to allow every external event to be experienced from my inner state of being rather than reacted to based on my on the external event itself. That last line says again, to allow every external event to be experienced from my inner state of being rather than reacted to based on the external event itself. That really sums up 
how I can tell how my spiritual program is working. If I experience an external event and respond to it based on my internal sense of well-being, then I'm working my spiritual program. When I see an external event and I just react to that event and I don't stop and see the bigger picture, then that to me is kind of a reflection of my inner state of well-being and my how my spiritual program is going. I had an Al-Anon sponsor tell my story one time that kind of talked about anger and how we looked at it in terms of uh, can we get mad at, at God. That's one of the questions that we looked at. Have you ever been angry at God on the on the website? And the story is about a little boy and uh, his dog, his best friend that he always hung out with and enjoyed spending time with. And his dog ran off one day. And it was gone for several days. And the boy grieved and felt so upset and was so sad and just really went through all the things we go through and we lose a family pet. And several weeks go by and, you know, he's starting to kind of get through some of his initial grieving and all of a sudden one day in the middle of the afternoon the dog shows up in the backyard and the mother's home and she sees the dog goes outside and the dog is just in great distress, foaming at the mouth, just something terribly, terribly wrong with the dog. The dog won't let her near him. So she calls her husband at work and says, you know, you got to come help me with this dog. Our son's going to get home pretty soon and Really, they wanted to try to get the dog out of the backyard because they knew he was in distress and not doing well. So the dad gets home and he can't get the dog either. The dog's become aggressive. So the dad decides the only way to really handle the situation is to just kill the dog and try to get the dog out of there before the small child returns from school. And so the dad goes in the house, gets his gun, and by the time he gets back outside, at the very moment that he pulls the trigger and kills the dog, the little boy walks in the front door and sees the dad killing his best friend. And the little boy goes rushing out and is hysterically angry at dad, kicks dad, screams at dad, why, what are you doing? And the dad understands that all the child saw was that 30 seconds of him killing his best friend. The dad understands that the child did not know the dog was sick, did not know that they were doing the kindest thing for the dog, and certainly the very kindest thing for the young boy. So the dad understands that he has to really let the son get all his anger out before he has enough ability or patience or calmness or he can hear what the dad wants to tell him. And so what we uh, kind of nailing on sponsor talked about what we've learned from that is that God is kind of like that dad. He understands that we only see that 30-second snippet um, that, you know, from our perspective of what we're angry at, it's because we're not seeing the whole picture, and God understands that that's what's going on, and so God's not upset with my anger. The dad in that story wasn't upset with the young boy for being angry because he understood from the boy's perspective where the anger was coming from. So I really think that's very true. Um, 
and the Al-Anon sponsor at the time, that's where she stopped with the story. That was, you know, that was the metaphor. That was the meaning of the story was God is okay with us getting angry. And I absolutely believe that. I think God is more than okay with us being angry. I don't think, I don't think God has a frame of reference to, to take anything personally. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a concern at all. But I like to look at it even beyond that with myself when I'm looking again at my spiritual program and and, and how how I'm working my daily practice reflects in that story in terms of if I'm that little boy, I walk in and I see this thing happen that I just go crazy with in my mind, how quickly do I domino down into there's something else going on here. There's a bigger picture that I'm not seeing. I need to remain calm. I don't want to react. You know, everything's been working together. The actual literal design of the universe is for only good all the time. If, if something is not outpicturing in a perfect way, then there's something that I can learn from this. There's something I uh, can change for myself around this. And and how quickly I, I like the idea of dominoing down. Because I have dominoes. I used to play dominoes all the time growing up, and I would line the dominoes up, you know, and you punch the one domino, and it's like, it goes all the way down. And you get to that final domino. It's like when something is, is occurring, and I'm seeing a small piece of it, my spiritual program allows the dominoes to kind of go down in my head to to get to that end domino of saying, you know, be at peace, Leslie, be calm, understand, no, no, K-N-O-W, no, that there's something here that you're not seeing, that you're not understanding, and if you just stay at peace with it and um, respond out of love and not anger or fear or anxiety, you know, I'm going to get to the understanding a lot quicker. So, let's see, what's that guest dialing number again? It is 347-850. One five two three. Again, it's three four seven eight five zero one five two three. I'm trying to think of the last time that I really got angry, and um, the only real time that I can remember being really just screaming hysterical anger was both times when um, I was getting out of a relationship and um, I was feeling left and hurt and abandoned and I was angry and I went outside and threw yard furniture. <laughs> well, I don't know what that seems about, but, you know, I didn't want to stay in the house and you know, throw anything or break anything, so I went out into the yard and threw lawn furniture. I thought that was a, a much healthier um <laughs> there was somewhat of a planned response, right? So I guess I wasn't in total rage because I think if you get in total rage, you don't you don't care what you throw. But I was uh, had enough of a presence of mind to to know uh, don't throw the inside furniture, go throw the outside furniture. So uh, so in both instances, when I was just so angry that I needed to you know throw something and scream and yell, uh, I went outside and did that. And I recall clearly, even as I was doing that, that I was aware that that, that wasn't really, uh, you know, I wasn't angry at the yard furniture. <laughs> that I was uh, 
you know, taking out my anger on something that um, that had nothing to do with the issue, I guess. And so I had to kind of drill, you know, again, think, kind of slow my thinking down and, and say, you know, I'm I'm hurt. I'm sad, I feel betrayed, I feel all of those things. And it's um, definitely important to experience and to let all that out. As a therapist, I know I always talk about anger is the one emotion that you can't just journal about, you can't just cry about. You really do, from an emotionally fit standpoint, when you have anger, um, you know, if, if anger is coming up, then it absolutely, really, I use the word must, but, it, you know, it absolutely needs to come out because that anger is, is the seed for a lot of mental and physical dis-ease, D-I-S space E-A-S-E, dis-ease, unease. So if we don't let that anger out, it really can become a powerfully negative force for us emotionally and physically, so we need to let it out. But I think, me, I need to be very specific in letting it out in terms of knowing what I'm angry at. You know, not just randomly throwing out a chair, but, you know, I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling sad. I, you know, my anger is many times masking another emotion. When um, when we do anger work in therapy with people, you always you need to kind of start off with, you take the plastic bat and the classic thing you see on TV. It's really true, and I've done it myself in my own therapy and in um, working with people. And, and you know, when I'm starting out and doing it, I always feel so stupid. Oh, I can't. You know, this is ridiculous. This is a bat, and that's a pillow. That's not, you know, Uncle Fred's head. You know, but you know, in the encouragement and the kind of suspend, uh, you know, that normal thought and go with it. And so as I'm starting to to do the anger work and hitting the bat against the pillow and really, you know, screaming at Uncle Dad or, you know, screaming at neighbor down the street or whatever my point of anger that I'm angry at, um, you know, that lasts for 30 seconds, a minute and a half, maybe maybe a minute. And then comes the emotion of sadness or the emotion of um, fear or the emotion of um, feeling abandoned or feeling hurt or feeling abused or feeling frightened or feeling alone. So in many ways, the anger is almost a protective layer over the emotion that needs to come out. And if we don't let the anger out, then the emotion never has a chance to come out. And so it's um, it's that layered kind of emotion that really does, again, cause physical and mental dis-ease when we don't let them out. So, So to me, letting that anger out, if I have anger, if I have anger going on, it's kind of stages, because certainly when I was going through um, uh, incest uh, trauma work uh, in my mid-20s, I did a lot of anger work and did a lot of bat work. I screamed a lot in my car and, and, and did all of that, and that was so significant. Again, to get that out, that has to be gotten out. And um, and as I've matured and gone through my life and, you know, life itself and the experiences, you know, going through them and seeing that bigger picture of now getting to that place where when I'm feeling that knee-jerk desire to be angry to, you know, try to, to look at that bigger picture. Um, I have a spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, and, you know, she'll talk about, 
the spiritual maturity of understanding we're spiritual beings having a human experience um, doesn't negate the human experience. We certainly will. Um, and Reverend Peter will talk about when you study, you, you know, you feel pain. But for me, and I look at my life in terms of, you know, am I having the human experience for the whole hour of the experience or am I, you know, having a human experience for 30 minutes and a spiritual experience for 30 minutes? You know, how am I drilling down that time in terms of making more and more of my life about the spiritual experience and um, certainly not uh, not denying the human experience but making making my primary focus of response or reaction to life being one of a response uh, of spirituality, of spirit, what would the spiritual side of my life say? And the next question on the website talks about uh, is there a place for anger in our lives? And yes, I think we talked about that just here a minute ago, but I absolutely believe a lot of um, some of the addictions and some of the things, uh, uh, some of the general issues that go on. I, I do some group mental health groups in the uh, jail, in the women's jail, and um, you know, women have been abused or have been traumatized and sometimes haven't gotten that anger out or have started using drugs or gotten into violent relationships or maybe prostitution in response to some drama trauma that happened as a child and, you know, not getting letting that anger out appropriately then we kind of start these other coping mechanisms to try to deny the anger or... Um, you know, I'm trying to denial is such a powerful thing. We could talk a whole show on denial, but if I don't express my anger, if I don't allow myself to be angry, then all these other things kind of come into place. Addiction. I I would abuse someone else. I could become you know not only a a victim of of abuse, but I could become a perpetrator of abuse if I'm not dealing with or handling my own anger. So. I certainly believe is there a place for anger in our lives, depending on the circumstances of our lives. Yes, you know, if there's some trauma going on and there's something occurring in the human experience of anger and letting that out, certainly there's a place for that and it's important to do that. The next question says, is being angry a denial that God exists? And uh, I think the, the little story that we talked about with the al sponsor certainly relates to that. And certainly I don't think that uh, anger negates our feeling of, um, or not, doesn't negate my belief that God exists. I think I can be angry, and I can even be angry at God, and uh, certainly that's not offensive or upsetting to God. So look at that. We've answered all three questions, and it's uh, 23 minutes in. So we'll have to come up with more questions. Uh, let's take one more break, and I'll find another motion. Have I read the guest dial-in number? Have I, have I written that enough that you, you've written that down? If not, here it is. One more time, 347-850-1523. If you've just joined me, Tracy is on a plane headed to Washington, D.C. We're talking about anger. would love to hear your experience, either past or present, with anger and how we frame that around our spiritual program. Our call-in number is 347 850 one five two three. 
welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path or encouraging me on my spiritual path. We encourage each other along our spiritual path. I'm talking about anger today. And I um, was looking for another devotion to talk about, but then I thought about something that I think possibly is, is one of the things that, for me, is really one of the sort of subtle things about anger. I said that I don't recall the last time I really got angry in a really external, like screaming or yelling and uh, throwing the lawn furniture around I talked about. But I think anger for me many times comes sort of as an inside experience, a silent experience. I can be, you know, really angry about uh, something like I've been put down or haven't been cared for like I wanted to be cared for or concerned about or somebody did something that I get really, really angry about and that that anger for me now seems to be more of an internal experience and I'll play it around in my head and I'll get uh, uh, you know inner anger and I think that in many ways is certainly more destructive to my um, emotional well-being anytime that I'm angry if I don't let it out, if I don't uh, get, get it in, out of my internal um, experience, if I, if, I, if I keep it inside, and that's what I think it really does do more damage to me. But I thought of a story that um, happened to me probably four or five years ago and I realized how anger can, that internal anger, that irritation, not the big throw the lawn furniture kind of anger, but the internal anger, how that can be an indicator for me of my intention or my motive for doing something loving or kind. Um, a big part of my journey is has been transition of believing that I had to care for other people in my life, that I had to put everybody else's needs first, and that I had to do the right thing and be on uh, be on alert for what was going on with somebody else to be able to help them or take care of them. And so I would do all of these wonderful things for people, but my intention or my motive was uh, out of feeling that I had to do it in order to stay alive or that I didn't deserve other things myself, and so I had to do these things to kind of be able to get the crumbs from the table. And so when I would do everything perfectly and I would do the right thing, I had this kind of script in my head set up that I had an expectation of what my behavior would bring. I've done my part. You know, I cooked dinner. I made it perfect. I laid out a new tablecloth. It's all, you know, beautiful and candlelight and wine and perfection and you're going to sit down and you're going to eat it and, and you're going to say how wonderful it is and how much you love me and how good the food tastes. And um, when you sit down and you've had a bad day and you don't compliment on the food and you don't notice the new tablecloth and you don't care about the candles or the wine, then my internal anger starts to fuel. And about four years ago, 
I learned this so clearly. Um, there was a dog down the street that I used to feed because he you know, how didn't get much food. And when I started feeding him, he was pretty emancipated. And every morning I would throw him food, and he would just be so excited. He would let me love on him, and he would just welcome me. And it was such a wonderful exchange. And my dog had recently died, and I really looked forward to every morning going down there and feeding him and him running to the fence and licking my hand and saying good morning. And I would feed him and nourish him. And then one day, after several months, I spilled over the food and he didn't come. He was about five feet away and he didn't come over and greet me and say hello. And I was like, come on, come over here. I'm feeding you. I'm, you know, I'm taking care of you. I'm helping you. Come, come thank me. And he didn't move and he wasn't hurt, but apparently, obviously, his family had fed him that morning, so he wasn't hungry and he didn't have any real interest in coming over and greeting me because he wasn't hungry. And I thought that internal anger, certainly didn't throw lawn furniture kind of anger, but that internal anger it was like, oh, my goodness, what the heck are you doing? You're supposed to come over here and be thanking me for feeding you. And as I was walking back to my car, it was so clear to me that my behavior, my action of feeding that dog was really motivated my intention was to get his love, his affection for me. My motive, my intention really wasn't even to nourish or feed him. My motive and intention was to get his thank you, thank you, thank you, love you, love you, love you, lick, lick, lick your hand. Um, Because my reaction when he was fed by somebody else, I was angry. And if my intention or my motivation was truly just wanting him to have nourishment and to be fed, then I would have been grateful. I would have been happy. I would have been just as joyful, just as gleeful walking back to my car saying, thank goodness his family fed him this morning. That's fantastic. But because I had an expectation attached to what I was giving, I got angry when my expectation wasn't met. And that was really literally about four years ago. But ever since then, that has been such an indicator for me because I, throughout the span of my life, one of the things that really does bring me great joy is to be involved in people's lives, do little things with people, quote-unquote, for people, and um, engage people and talk to people and do and be with. And I... I think the expression of God, a friend of mine years and years ago, uh, started a company called the Active Love Institute. And um, that was such a powerful wording of a, to me, active love, because I just really believe that, that, that love should take action, that it should take flight, that, that my behavior, my actions should be loving. And so, you know, that entails doing things and being present. And so I do a lot of things, and I'm very present at a lot of different times for different people at different stages. And what that dog experience taught me is my, is my expectation, my doing all of this just to get something in return. And the only way I have learned, and it's a marvelous indicator, is when I don't get anything in response, when 
whatever I'm expecting to happen doesn't happen. And my skill just is joyful and giving. And that has been a huge blessing for me to learn that. And so my life now, externally and giving-wise, looks very much the same. But, uh, you know, I really monitor my expectation of what I'm going to get back. And I really uh, feel a connection with the expectation, the joy. All of that is in the experience of the giving. I have no, no experience. No expectation of getting, no expectation of response. Um, if I'm going to cook a wonderful meal and you know, set a beautiful table, I'm doing that because I want the experience of that with my my partner. I don't want the oh my goodness, honey, you did the best thing ever. This is the most wonderful dinner ever made. This is the most beautiful table ever set. You know, I'm not needing that. Um, I'm not doing it for that. And and. Again, that sets up a situation if I need something, if I'm in need of a little more attention, a little more affection, or perhaps to be uh, looked in on or checked in on, you know, to be able to state my needs or to ask for what I need is a huge thing as well. And I don't know, I think sometimes, many times, if we're uh, being spiritual or being um, really uh, something about. If some illusion that if I'm really spiritual, then I don't have any needs, and I don't know that that's really true. I think you know, again, the human experience. I want to be touched. I want to be loved. I want to be cared about. I want to be, you know, uh, in relationship with friends and family and partners, and dogs and cats and trees and grass. And so, you know, I I do have that human experience, and when I ask for what I need directly, then I'm not in a situation where I'm trying to get it indirectly and then setting up that scenario where I get angry when I don't get what I uh, wanted but didn't have the courage or the wisdom or maturity to ask for directly. That was an interesting chain of thoughts, wasn't it? There we go. But uh, I think the motive, I, I'm a big motive person. I'm a big intention person. And uh, when I work with clients and therapy it's really amazing. And when I think back to my own reaction to therapy, one therapist would say, you know, that, that was a fairly selfish thing you were doing. And I would be like, are you a nut? Did I not tell the story right? I think you must have misunderstood the story because I was being as selfless as possible and that SOB did blah, 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 blah. And um, and when it's reflected back that really my motive was, was pure selfishness, uh, you know, the angrier I get at that, uh, the uh, the more true it is. We'll take one more break. I'm going to give you the dial-in number. Write it down if you're listening and you can call in. I would love to hear your thoughts on anger. It's 347-850-1523. And if you're just joining us and listening for Tracy's voice, she is on a plane, probably landing right now in Washington, D.C., so we're missing her. But would love to talk to you about your experience of anger, how you see that in terms of your spiritual program and when we get angry at God and uh, what happens if we are angry, how does that connect uh, to God or to our spiritual program. Again, the number is 347 
Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit. Of course, I always want to say yes, say yes to spirit, so I have to throw that in before the hour is up. Uh, encouraging you, encouraging me, encouraging us all on our spiritual path, our spiritual journey. Talking about anger today and, uh, you know, on the Internet, how things pop up and different little uh, stories from entertainment stories pop up. And one of the things that popped up earlier today when I was looking at my email was the Oprah show this afternoon has Wilbert and, and of course, in color purple together. And one of the tags and one of the things they're advertising in the commercials, you see Oprah saying, uh, to Whoopi, you know, I thought I would be mad. I thought you were angry at me. And Whoopi saying, you know, I I was certain you were angry with me. And apparently, there was years ago, I guess, in color purple, apparently it was 25 years ago. That's amazing. It was that long ago. But at during that time, after the filming, there was press or there was talk, something about Oprah and Whoopi being in a feud. And both of them didn't talk for years. And today on the show, they go back and reflect on those years, and both of them literally say to the other one, I thought you were angry at me. And the other one says, I wasn't, I thought you were angry at me. And so there's this rift, this division, this separation, because they thought the other was angry with them. And I think that's a a powerful thing to think about. If I think somebody's angry with me, my natural reaction is going to be to pack up my cookies and go home and avoid them. (laughs) And, uh, you know, say, oh my goodness, I've made them mad, or oh my goodness, they're angry, or they look at me funny, or... I'm not doing something to upset them. And so we avoid, I avoid, I uh, take a different uh, path to the restroom at work or I try to not make eye contact because I think I've made the mask. And this thing that I'm doing because I think I've made the mad and shifting my behavior out of my own anxiety, my own fear, then they, of course, are going to notice this change, and they're going to start thinking, oh, my goodness, I've made her mad. She won't look at me. She doesn't walk down the hall anymore. She doesn't say good morning. I've made her mad. And so, you know, months go by, and we're both thinking the other one's mad. And I think this is a powerful example of what amount of time and soul and energy and experience and expression of life can just be wasted by, and wasted is such a strong negative word, but, you know, it's certainly um, not used to its fullest potential because I'm assuming things and uh, and I'm not going directly to the source and saying, hey, have I made you angry? Are you mad at me? Um, But, again, anger seems to be something that we just want to avoid. Even people that haven't had necessarily violent childhoods or any kind of angry reaction in their history, violence or anything, even people that don't have any negative uh, real experience with anger don't want to experience anger. So some of the things that you only 
um, respond to if you grew up in a violent home or you had a violent marriage. And anger scares you. Anger is like universally scary. Um, and now the thing that keeps coming up in my mind, and I, uh, this is this is when you really want to have Tracy. You know, what do you think about that? Because it's really the example of or the story of uh, Adam and Eve eating the apple and you know, the original separation uh, from God in that story, looking at the idea that. God became angry with Adam and Eve. He broke a rule. So God's anger then banished them out of Eden, separated them from God. And so therein um, starts the whole journey, right? So the idea of separation stemming from some original act that caused anger or uh, Separation, and now I'm trying to look at that. Those two concepts. If I'm experiencing anger, then I am separating myself. Certainly, when I'm outside throwing lawn chairs, I'm not being present with anyone around me. And when I'm in my mind going, "That stupid dog, how ungrateful! He doesn't want to say good morning to me and come lick my hand," or how ungrateful my partner is for not taking my dinner and being overly expressive, you know, all of those thoughts, all of my thoughts, all of my actions are creating separation from God, separation from my partner, separation from my friend, separation from the dog. Um, You know, I didn't... I think it was a day or two before I went back down and fed that dog again, right? Right? And then the dog was just being the dog. The dog, nothing changed for the dog. The dog was eating when I came and, and was eating before, you know, was eating that day. So the dog was just doing what the dog was doing. But I separated myself. I separated myself. My anger separated me. And I really want to now ponder and I will ponder the idea that Adam and Eve separated themselves from God because they had this idea in their head. Um, and I, again, I'll tell the story wrong, but as I remember the story growing up, in church, it was the devil, the snake, right, that told Adam and Eve that God didn't want them to eat that apple, or I guess he convinced them to eat the apple that God had told them not to eat the apple. I'll have to, again, have Tracy the history of it all, but somehow Adam and Eve um, were convinced that, you know, they had created, they had done the thing that they couldn't do. And um, I'm now getting an idea that perhaps it was their own um, fear of God's anger or fear of God's um, response that caused them to separate and go away. Um, So anger and separation is a concept that I think has some real value. I'm going to say this call in number 347-850-1523. Again, it's 347-850-1523. And the concept of anger creating separation uh, is really something I'd be very engaged in and interested in talking to someone about that. And again, I'm thinking in terms of 
even violent relationships, you know, when you get into a violent relationship and the anger is expressed through abuse, that creates all sorts of separation. So I think there is something to be thought about there. And I did actually, uh, my Internet started cooperating with me during the last break here, and I found that the topic for the last week was change. And we even talked about how we always start the radio show with a reflection back on the topic last week, and that I always, I'm very connected to that. And that any little change is disruptive to me. I, I'm, I'm into the routine of things. I think that a lot of... Uh, a lot of comfort comes to me in routine, but um, so change is is uh, something that I uh, have a knee-jerk reaction to and pull back from. So uh, changing that routine is being all all alone and having to change it not to talk about that at the beginning was I thought I uh, almost handled that well. I didn't go screaming uh, off the air here or anything, and I can't find that. So that was a change. So. Connecting back the last week to connecting change to anger, certainly I have over the course of my life changed how I handle my anger and understanding clearly um, that anger initially for me when I was going through my trauma drama work in therapy was such an important thing to get out, to get out. And I have worked with people from the age of 12 to the age of 78, who was the oldest gal that I, uh, woman that I worked with. And she was the oldest woman that I did anger work with, I guess. And it was really interesting to watch her uh, work with the bat because she was um, really kind of resistant to the idea that that, that could help her or that, that that could have any use for her. And once she got a hold of that bat, started hitting hello, it was really powerful where that anger came up and came out. And she reported such an amazing change in her physical well-being, her ability to sleep at night, her desire to overeat. Um, it was really probably the most dramatic, one of the most traumatic shifts that I've experienced or seeing someone in terms of how quickly once she started doing the anger work and getting the anger out of her system, the anger out of her soul, the anger out of her mind, and uh, letting that go and finding its place outside of her, then everything is in her realigned and she is really able to do some, again, dramatic changes in terms of um, not eating compulsively and, and getting her sleeping patterns and, and having a much more fulfilled day. Um, I hope I'm going to say this right, but I, I'm fairly certain that the, uh, the saying is uh, depression is anger turned inward. Um, that when someone's really so depressed and they're just not moving, that person on some level has some anger going on. And uh, once that anger gets out, then that depression uh, many times can be lifted. And uh, not necessarily talking about chemical depression, I should sort of take note between the two, but yeah, there is a lot to be said for getting that anger out. And so uh, my, how I deal 
dealt with anger over the course of my life has certainly changed from those times of doing that trauma work and recovery work and being really active in my anger and letting it out and now being much more in the place of the little boy and the dog story in terms of when a circumstance happens in my life that uh, anger seems to be a reaction that I want to go to. I try to stop and let those dominoes fall and look at the bigger picture and be more aware of what's going on internally with me. I uh, I think that's part of the journey. Yeah, so we certainly in looking at how different things over the course of my life take different priorities, I guess is a good word. And um, anger is one of those things that if I don't deal with it, it will it will take its own priority. It will make itself known to me. So uh, I can either deal with my anger now or I can deal with it later, but it will wait for me and it will get my attention at some point somehow. I do I do know that about anger, that uh, certainly it's going to take, it's going to have its day, whether I do it willingly or whether it comes up and, and gets my attention in some other way. What else about anger? I'm trying to think of final thoughts as we finish up, and I tell you, it's just almost been an hour here talking about anger, and, uh, and I have... I had much more to say on it than I would have thought, and I certainly, again, believe that the spiritual programs that we talk about all the time, meditation, uh, having a spiritual community, looking at, you know, what is my routine, what is my daily practice, that can certainly help gauge my anger. And, you know, a lot of times, I might be having some of that internal anger that I talked about, that seething kind of anger, and uh, not be aware that it's coming out sideways. And so if I have a strong spiritual community that is committed to uh, working with me, being a part of my spiritual solution in my daily life, you're gently saying, man, you seem angry, you seem out of sorts. I can remember... When I first started doing therapy, I would go to my therapist and I would say, she'd say, well, how was your week? And I'd say, well, I was just frustrated all week. And she said, oh, what were you angry about? And I said, I didn't say I was angry. I said, I was frustrated. She said, well, frustrated is just a fancy way of saying you're angry. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not. I wasn't angry. I was frustrated. <laughs> and so there's all sorts of ways to say I'm frustrated, I'm irritated, I'm out of sorts, I'm uh, not myself today, and what we really are probably experiencing, what I was experiencing at the time, was anger. And for me, for whatever reason, in my mind, I couldn't say I was angry this week. Um, but uh, certainly I could say I was frustrated, and that felt like that was a politically correct thing to say. So I learned early on that... Uh, when I'm feeling frustrated or irritable or irritation, that really that's um, in the category of anger and that I need to, again, deal with that directly, get that out. Another thing, another, not necessarily spiritual practice for everyone, but certainly it has been in my life over a period of time is physical exercise. And I need to implement that spiritual practice more in my current life. But I have really had huge benefits, uh, especially when I was working on the anger issue. I, I became a runner 
and I ran. I, I'm not a runner necessarily. I'm not, uh, not not that I would think I would naturally turn to that, but I definitely, when I was letting out that anger, running was a powerful practice for me, getting out and running and letting some of that anger, that irritation, that emotion get out of me through the physical running was a very important part for a period of time in my life. So another spiritual practice that can help anger for me, again, thinking of it in terms of getting it out, um, I do believe for me, you know, having an active uh, real relationship with God and, you know, being able to say whatever I need to say or feel or do or be with God present and not trying to keep my anger separate from God, uh, that to me is a powerful part of my spiritual program to not, again, there's that word of separation and anger or keeping my anger separate I don't want to get angry and throw a lawn chair at my partner or my friend, but, you know, if there's some anger that I'm feeling or frustration that I'm having, you know, to be able to say that directly to my friend or my family or my partner and to let that out and to get that on the table is an important, important thing. Uh, Because, again, the anger is the most powerful emotion in terms of feeding into something that causes disease, physical and mental disease, and there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of studies on that, and anger really is the most powerful emotion in terms of undealt with anger causing physical symptoms and um, causing emotional distress or disease. And I'm trying to think of any other spiritual practices that uh, work with anger. And then meditation is kind of hard. I, I say it because it works for me for everything it helps me with. But in terms of if I'm really feeling angry, I'm not going to sit down and meditate. That's not going to be a spiritual practice that I immediately turn to in the experience of the anger. But certainly when I'm working my daily practice and doing my meditation daily, then I'm much more likely to have that domino effect and be able to see very clearly the bigger picture at play when something happens that I would normally have a knee-jerk reaction to and get angry. If I'm working my daily meditation program, then I don't have such a quick quick match to my anger. So there we go. We have spent the hour together talking about anger. I'm looking at, now that I have my little computer up and going and playing well with me, destiny next week. Destiny. Do we have destiny at play in our lives? And uh, that will be a very interesting question. And uh, I can see all sorts of uh, things to say about destiny. I love that. I, I don't know how I'll connect that back to anger, but at least I have a week to think about that. And Tracy will be back next week. And we will hopefully um, get her, maybe she'll just have some initial thoughts about anger that she can share before we move into destiny next week. So you're good to experience this hour with me and uh, a cat and a dog. I'm at a friend's house and I have a cat and a dog. So they were good co-hosts and uh, didn't bark out or meow out. So that, that might have been kind of fun if they had. So thanks for listening. Uh, make your day good and be aware of your spiritual program.
program. Look for God in your day. Join us uh, next Monday at 11 o'clock for the live broadcast. Or feel free to look at any of the archives. And our website, GodInMyDay.com. That's a, a powerful place that you can go and get daily inspiration through the daily blog post, or you can get a subscription for $12 for a year of devotion sent to your email. So look for us at GodInMyDay.com. Happy day, and thanks for just saying yes to spirit. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.